Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast. No Gavin Buckland this week, unfortunately. So it's me, Greg O'Keefe, Tony Scott, and the Everton correspondent, Phil Kirkbride. Plenty to talk about, as ever. Um, the news dropped a couple of hours ago about some big names. Look, set to move on from Goodison uh, after very long careers in Royal Blue. Um, Leon Osmond and Tony Hibbert and, Tony, of course, Stephen Pienaar will be joining them on the uh, released section of the squad for next season. Um, Phil, end of an era? Potentially, it's not, you know, it, it certainly it would... If you're Leon Osman and Tony Hibbins and Stephen Pienaar, it doesn't look good at this stage, obviously. That's the release list because they're out of contract. Obviously, there's, we're not in a situation where it's the same manager who would have, you know, there would have been that continuity and you would have imagined they would have already had those talks about their future. Mm. So their immediate futures are a little bit up in the air, if not uncertain, I think it's fair to say. Um, I know Osman and Hibbert are keen to speak to the new manager, you know, which we assume will be Ronald Koeman uh, next week. Um but, you know, at both 35, Hibbo injured until September with his ankle. Um, be interesting to see how Koeman views that. You know, if you're betting man, you would, you would suggest strongly that their Everton careers could well be over, which will be incredibly sad, um, both loyal and, 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 and long servants to the club. So we wait and see that one. It's not, it's not definitive, but it's, it's certainly not looking, uh, not looking particularly bright for those two. I don't know if it's that lack of clarity over what's going to happen. Uh, because obviously the Norwich game, there wasn't a manager, there still isn't a manager, we're still waiting for the appointments of Ronald Koeman. So maybe it's that that's made, sort of forced the club's hands over. Is it a bit of a shame that at the moment, as it stands, we haven't seen anything official from the club to kind of celebrate what Ozzy and, and Hibbo have done and kind of wish them farewell? The fans haven't had the chance to say say goodbye, in, in, in a sense, really. I think, I think you're spot on there. Um, I think it's sad because, in my opinion, I think... Leon Osman and Tony Hibbert have gave so much to the football club, but I think they've stayed longer than what they should have, to be honest. I think managers in the past, I thought Roberto Martinez was one of them. I thought he would have released them a lot earlier than what he should have done. I remember speaking after the 2009 FA Cup final, and Leon Osman and Tony Hibbert were the majority were the part of the problem. The way Everton lost that FA Cup final, Malouza was literally tearing the new one out of Leon Osman and Tony Hibbert. And I remember saying at the time, David Moyes went in the transfer market in that summer and he tried to sign Cal Norton and Cal Walker from Sheffield United to replace them. And it never materialised. And yet we are seven years down the line. We still had Tony Hibbert and Leon Osman in the Everton squad. So I think they were quite fortunate to still being given the lease of life that they have at Everton. But saying again, going back to the original question, I think it is quite sad the way it's come to a game now where we may not see them again. I think they should have got a nice send-off at Norwich. The club should have got a, some kinds of packets together and say, yeah, this is going to be your last game and we'll send it off and we'll send it off properly in the right manner. But I can see where it's coming from because there's a change in manager now and it's quite difficult to do that. Phil, do you think, interestingly enough, it, it's it, obviously it's um, it's speculation, isn't it? But had Martinez a stage, do you think they might have been retained or at least perhaps Osman? 
Yeah, I, I think with regard to respect, I think Hibble's injury record would probably have forced the manager's hand. I mean, he's been incredibly unlucky, hasn't he? He's, he's just he's just had the, the most wretched of fortune with injuries. And, and I mean, we look, you know, when he got himself back this season. And he did a little game on against yeah. Southampton. He thought, well, you know, he could do a job still if he stays fit. But then in training, does his ankle. He still wants to play football. And I think it's perhaps only right and fair that if Everton don't want to uh, to offer him a new deal, he gets the opportunity now to go and talk to somebody and, and hopefully can revive what he feels left of his career. I think Osman's not quite as cut and dry. I mean, you know, Tony there speaking about the 2009 FA Cup final. Well, maybe the, the other side of that argument is, well, in Martinez's first season when Ozzy was a bit of a super sub at times. Mm. Uh, I think it's in spells last season, his injury, you know, his absence was felt when he was injured. I think he was, you know, I think about when he came on in the second half late on against Kiev at home and he, I think he won the penalty. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not... Look, money has, has changed the landscape, hasn't it? Yeah. And I think that if we were still in the same financial situation that we have been going into this summer, even if it was a new manager, I would be a little bit more confident that Aussie would, would maybe get 12 months or something like that. Just an experienced head around the place, knows the Premier League, you know, always there when called upon. It can do a little job. But now, you've got to look at the situation and if you're Ronald Koeman and you've got £100 million plus to spend and you're thinking, well, there's wages there that it could free up potentially, do I need... You know, I, you know, he's got no emotional attachment to Leon Osman, Ronald Koeman. Um, I think, he, look, at this stage, it's looking very difficult how you could make a particularly strong case for Ozzy to be get to be offered a new deal. As much as some, you know, on a kind of sentimental point of view and 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 what have you, many of us maybe would like to see him stick around. I don't know. I think if you look at the be all and ends all of it, is that Everton are now going to be in a, a group of football clubs. They're going to be spending quite a lot of money, even with your West Ham's and Liverpool's and all. All trying to get that top four place. There's going to be nine clubs spending a lot of money in the summer. The bottom line is, Leon Osman, Tony Abbott, Stephen Pienaar, them three players, are they going to get in any of the squads that I'm going to be competing with? I think, it, you know, if you think about, you don't like to mention Liverpool, but if Steven Gerrard was practically deemed surplus to requirements of 35 yeah. at Anfield, then... Leon Osman, with all greatest respect due to him and his, his ability, which he has got plenty of ability, we've seen it over the years, but I think he is surplus to requirements mm. of Goodison Park. One other player I wanted to touch on, to whom injury is certainly a familiar concept, who is being retained, is Darren Gibson, a.k.a. Tony Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations, Tony. <laughs> Tony Scott with a sharper haircut. Yeah. Um, Phil, me and you have gone backwards and forwards with this. I, I wasn't particularly impressed with the decision. I don't mind saying now... I, if it were my decision, I would have had him on the, on the released list. However, you make a very compelling argument for why he's actually been given a two two year contract extension. What is it? Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I was necessarily in favour or impressed by it. I've not quite sort of come to a conclusion yet. But reading between the lines and from how we understand it, this has been a club decision. Uh, this hasn't been Ronald Koeman behind the scenes trying to dictate before he's he's been appointed it and. So Bill Kenwright then, maybe? Yeah, and, and, and Farhad and, and whoever have gone, well, look, it, the, the term that gets used these days is protecting your asset. Yeah. Now, they still see it, 28 years old, and if fit, Darren Gibson is an asset. And Premier they, League winner as well? Well, of course, playing Champions League semi-finals. Yeah. Now, an asset is quite a loose term in that respect. It's an asset either 
to the incoming manager who might look at Darren Gibson and go, well, yeah, I want him part of the squad. I think if he can be fit. If. I think, yeah, it's a big mm. if. If he can be fit, he can be an important player, important squad player. Mm. Or, no, I don't fancy him. So he's an asset in the sense that we can offload him for a few million quid probably in today's market too. And, you know, he, Darren in his in his quotes, didn't he, they released yesterday, said he had options. Um, so we've got to assume that there would be a club, clubs out there who would... Who would um, who would like to take Darren? Um, look, I'm not going to get mega bucks, and you know, and as I keep saying, in today's landscape at Everton now, do we need the money? Not really, but it all helps freeze up some wages, and maybe it'll give Ronald the opportunity to bring in, you know, the the extra person that you maybe maybe would need or prefer, you know, in place of Darren in the squad. So, I can understand it very much from a business sense why Everton have have done this and given him. Uh, a two-year contract, even though I think it took me and everybody else by surprise yesterday. Yeah, I have to say, I can I can understand what you're saying. I probably think what you're saying is correct. I just find something unsavoury about the fact that, to a degree, you can get players who are just unlucky with injuries. They just they suffer. They just have no luck. They're in the in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's through no fault of their own, and, and they get unlucky with injuries. But then you get players who to an extent, may or may not bring it on themselves a little bit. And, you know, let's let's talk about Darren Gibson's lifestyle, OK? Well, we know he drinks, or he has drunk. We, we know he's partaking in drink because he was in uh, Magistrates Court doing, done for drink driving. Does he always look in the best shape? Not really. Uh, sometimes he looks, looks to me like he's carrying a bit around his waist. I'm not disputing his ability as a footballer. He's got a lovely range of passing. He's, he's been a winner when he has played in a previous club. And it was widely considered a steal when I've got him for a quarter of a million pounds. Uh, I think we've seen why now. Because it's that big if getting him fit. Now, if he came in and did a pre-season and all of a sudden he had the body language, the demeanour, and, and maybe said the things that suggest he wants to turn his career around and really make a go of it. It seems to me, though, that, that little bit of psyche, that bit of drive, that desire to be playing football week in, week out... Is missing from his mindset. But who's to say come Christmas time, Greg? And I agree with Phil on this one. Everton have got him on a two-year deal, and you can see the financial reasons behind this because it's more than likely that if he's not getting a game and he is fully fit at Everton come come Christmas time, one of the promoted teams will be throwing three or four or five million about for him for an experienced head. Middlesbrough, Hull, Burnley, they, they'll be they'll be looking for these types of players for the know-how. So it makes financial sense for me. But I, I can only agree, he's played one nineteen minutes in the space of 12 months, mm. which speaks volumes. But he is a good footballer, and that's what's, that's what's damaging about it. He really is a good footballer. I think you've got to remember games, if memory serves, uh, this, just this last season. I think he came on briefly against West Brom away when we were chasing the game. Came on at Reading as well, and I think... Mm. I think he showed glimpses and flashes of how he can help control the tempo of, of the midfield when we're in a in a in a situation in games where those two games in particular where we're either chasing it or we'd lost control and I'd lost shape in the mm. field. So he's clearly got a lot of talent. But what I will say is on the back of what you were saying, Greg, if you know, and it's a significant if, um, Kuman comes in and says, "Yeah, Darren, I'm going to give you an opportunity," in light of his previous mistakes or mistake the, the, the one you mentioned and you know maybe his like you know lifestyle choices that maybe weren't wholly correct I think he's got to take the opportunity and see it as a fresh start now Martinez said midway through last season he's got to reset I think he's got to see this as a lifeline because mm. let's be frank no club at the stature of Everton 
will take him. He's not going to go any higher than Everton, is he, at this stage? Yeah. And I think that if Ronald Koeman says, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you an opportunity until, as Tony says, maybe January, he's got to be fully focused. And he's got to, you know, he's, he's 28, so he's in theory coming to the peak of his career. He's not last chance saloon. I don't want to be sort of be that dramatic about it, but I think this is this is the best club he can hope to play for now. I should clarify. I'm not, I wasn't trying to suggest when I mentioned his drink driving conviction that he is a drinker and that he, he regularly drinks. Mm. I wasn't trying to say that, but what I was saying is that in isolation could be indicative of bad choices, yeah. which maybe overall don't help him be yeah. be the player he could be. So, what game was it last towards the end of last season where he ends up dropping into almost central defence? And at times, whenever we're on the turn, it looked like he was running. Yeah, it yeah, it was in two months, some games last season. But what I will say is that I think the, the 90 minutes he did play this season was against Bournemouth at home. I think it right. was where Everton, I think, they beat Bournemouth at home, didn't they? This, this season, one of the few, yeah, yeah, one of the few victories yeah. that he did beat them. I think when, you look at, when you're looking at him, if he can stay fully fit, I know it's a big if, you're looking at him and what McCarthy's just done this season, I'd be playing Gibson ahead of McCarthy if... Gibson can stay fit. I know it's a big game. You're looking at what McCarthy's done this season. And it's, it's no... I'd tell you what I would say to Darren Gibson. My challenge to him would be, if I was Ron Koeman and mindful to say, right, I'm going to give you an opportunity to stay in the squad, I'd say to him, look at Gareth Barry. You prove to me you can be that player forever. He's got the passing. You know, and you know, with respect to Gareth Barry and Gibson, they're not, they're not the most mobile. They're not quick on the turn. But Gareth Barry's prolonged his career... Well, he looks as good as ever. You know, he looks, he uses his football intelligence, his range of passing, his understanding of the game to make himself Everton's player of the season. So I would say that is the challenge to Darren. And he's got the summer ahead of him. He's been left out of the Euros by yeah, well, the that's look of Another motivation for him, yeah. surely. He's, so, he's quite lucky in a sense that he could have been left with not a Republic of Ireland squad and not a football club this summer. He, I, 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 as, as you said, Phil, he has got a lifeline here. He's not going to get a bigger club at the moment than Everton. So he is quite lucky that he's been given this two-year contract on the basis of one 90-minute game over 12 months. He's got to grab it with both hands. And if not, then he can be sold in January. For me, though, he's shared the dressing room with Gareth Barry for three seasons. Now, if you're not going to look at the professionalism, the quality of how he prepares himself, and just everything that Barry does and I've learned from it by now, I'm, I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me he deserves his deal, but he, he is lucky. Do I understand it? Yeah. Do you think he's a Ronald Koeman type of player, would you say? Doesn't work so hard enough. Koeman likes his players. From what I've seen of Southampton, fast, mobile, mm. in your face, Yeah. You've your, Wijnaldum, your, the, the, yeah. you know the types yeah, of players yeah, that he's yeah. after. Yeah. He, to me, he doesn't strike to that, me as a Yeah, that, that would be your, your concern, I guess, if you're Darren Gibson. If you're looking at Southampton and you're looking at Victor Wanyama and who else? Davis, Davis, yeah, 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 energy, yeah. energy, aren't they? It's, I mean, that's, it's, a, it's a time for another podcast. It's interesting his thoughts on Gareth Barry, then, in that respect. Yeah. I, don't, I think he's indispensable, you know, and yeah. I think he should find a place for him, whether he, whether he tries to teach but this him. is a different manager, Phil, Yeah, whether he, tra- whether he tries to invent Barry as the, the position he played, which was sweeper a lot of the time. I don't know mm. if he brings that back. That's like, you know, but he could play there easy, couldn't he? He effectively does sometimes, yeah, actually. Yeah, th- I'd like to think that Koeman wants to find a way in for Gareth Barry, but... Yeah, it's interesting though because those two, as he two, he does tend to play four two three one, doesn't yeah. he? And as you say, you're right, Tony, that there's a lot of energy in there. Yeah, you're I, screwed if he doesn't because you've already got your shirt with his name. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, just touch on one of the players that I, another player that has been released is Stephen Pienaar. 
Now, I'm glad you bring yeah, Stephen Pienaar. I think he's been an absolutely fantastic player for Everton. His legs have gone. I think we can see that for me. His legs have gone, and I think he may go to, he may go back to Holland, he may go back to South Africa. It's interestingly that the first manager ever to have given Stephen Pienaar his debut was Ronald Koeman at Ajax. Oh, he kept that one so, up his sleeve, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. have some that. of that. Oh. No, interestingly, but it's a shame that he won't get that chance because I watched the Stephen Pienaar documentary on last week. And Cumin was saying he's one of the greatest players he's trained, etc. When he was there with Ibrahimovic and all them them um, types of players in back in the Ajax academy, but Stephen Pienaar as a whole, his Everton career, Greg, it's it's been quite good, hasn't it? Pienaar for the money they paid for him, obviously after the you know he he finished his loan period, joined permanently, the performance level he reached before he went to Spurs, and to an extent afterwards was absolutely sensational for me. He was brilliant. He was a driving force, dynamic, compelling. He controlled midfield sometimes. The amount of free kicks and damaging areas, he won Everton. He was incessant motion, and that's probably why over the years it's taken a toll on his legs, yeah. I think, because he never stopped. He never stopped. He would win you, I, I dare say. that As I say, building up to when he left for Spurs, which was a massive disappointment, he would win you so many set pieces in areas where he obviously had players like Bain and so on and so forth who could do real damage. If you if you want it on the flip side, look for something he could, he wasn't as good at. Really, for the amount of positions he got himself in, his goal scoring ratio yeah. probably wasn't good enough. But that's picking, you know, splitting hairs really. For me, he was brilliant. Skills with the ball at his feet, unbelievable. I think you speak to most of the pros who've been at Finch Farm over the years, they'll all say him and Luis Sahar were like a pleasure to watch on the training field. They actually, as fellow professional footballers, would watch them. And be breathless at what he could do. And let's not forget that, and I think I think uh, he would testify. Pina helped bring the best out of Bainesy. Yeah, that's one player who's going to miss him on and off the pitch. He's missed him for a while, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember it was it um, not the season just gone the season before when he came back. Pina off the bench, Swansea. It was a meaningless game near the end of the season. Mm. It was one all. Somebody got injured. Pina came on. And he ran the game. I spoke to Bainesy after that match, and he couldn't speak highly enough of him. And you know. That's been a problem position for Everton. And I think Martinez, before he obviously got sacked, looked at and identified that Tarashai potentially could be that replacement, similar type of player, but remains to be seen. Obviously, the, the situation has changed a little bit. Since this is right. where I think where it's, a, it's a shame, and we go back to the, the first point before, is that Herbert Osman and Pienaar, they should have got decent sends-offs at Everton, shouldn't they? They should have had the, the chance the, to... The problem is, though, and I, under, I totally understand yeah, that. It's a shame, isn't it? But because the problem is, there's no... Without a manager, Everton couldn't effectively make up. I know they've signed, you know, they couldn't make up the manager's new manager's mind by saying those three players aren't going to feature. Mm. They've 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 signed Gibson to protect the asset, so they've they've you know they've kept him on for the manager to have the option. Yeah. But if they were going to give the big send off to Ozzy Hibbo and Pina, it's effectively saying, well, we don't care what Cumin thinks, you're going. Yeah, they probably they, they probably will. I I wonder. <sighs> To Everton's credit as well, you know, both those players, in, certainly in Aussie and Hibbert, have had good testimonials in, in the mm. few, last few years. I wonder if Dill Everton, I know Bill Kenwright, you know, for, he will be mortified if he thought yeah. people that have served the club in the way they have would, would, would leave with any ill feeling. I know that's the last thing he'd probably want. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're yet to hear the full extent of Everton's pre season, um, which is another debate in, in itself. <laughs> that's mad that we're. You know, 10th of June, and we don't know really what's happening apart from a few away fixtures. Yeah. There's going to be, you would hope, a couple of showpiece Goodison fixtures. I'd be surprised if once Koeman's come in and made his mind up, if we don't see 
those three honoured at one of those fixtures, whether they come on at half time yeah. and they're given you know, rounds of applause, guard of honour, what, whatever it is, yeah. if, if there's not a gesture before the season starts yeah, to I say farewell. Because it was mixed it was mixed emotions, wasn't it, in the knowledge game. We were it was all up in the air. We didn't know whether Gibson was gonna stay, Hibbert, Osman, Pinar. So it was a case of you, you couldn't say goodbye to any of the players really. It was only Tim Howard really you could do, wasn't yeah, it? So yeah, yeah. I can see where the football club's coming from from that point. But looking back on on your Pinar and obviously Osman and Hibbert, they aren't they aren't Ronald Cuman types of players for me. And I think that decision has probably been made for yeah. them in an effect. What types of players do you think Ronald Koeman will go for? It's an interesting one. Well, I mean, one that we've reported today in a key position is Jasper Sillinson, the goalkeeper at Ajax. Now, for me, I'm not fully sold on whether Joel Robles is, is good enough to be the main man. That might sound harsh, but I'll refer you to a couple of times before the end of the season when he didn't cover himself in glory. I'm thinking away at Sunderland, you know, some of the, the, the goals haven't conceded. He could have done better. He wasn't the only one by any means. For me, I'm not convinced. Decent number two, isn't he? Yeah, you know, more than that maybe. For, for a, maybe a bottom half, which, well, we are, let's face yeah. it, the last couple of seasons. Mm. Bottom half club. Yeah, he'll, he'll do a job as your number one, but does he make enough saves where it's the difference between a win or a draw, or a draw or getting defeated? For me, not really. He's improved. I, I think he's a good. You know, I don't want to do him down, but I think Tony's right. I think he's a very good number two. I yeah. think he's played enough Premier League games for you to go right. We've bought a new number one. Three months in, see, oh, crikey, he's out for two weeks. Oh, no worries for me, really. No great worries about you know bringing Robles back in. Yeah. Uh, look, you know whether he wants to be a number two. It doesn't strike me as an ego though. He strikes me as someone who well, I don't know. I don't know. He's happy just to he be would a number be, two. Yeah. There's not many goalkeepers yeah. you get like that, really, is there, to well, be honest? Not really, there's but, the odd one or two, well, and the Richard yeah, Wright towards more, it. More, more reason to keep hold of him, then, yeah. if, he's, if he's content to play that role. And, but we'll see. But Obviously, we're looking at... That was in goal, but you, yeah. you were talking outfield. I mean, it's, it's what we the said. The reason why I'm saying it, because a lot of Evertonians recently looking at if there's going to be anything, and you guys will know more than, more than I do... Will there be anything in the contract of Ronald Koeman, which looks to be set to be early next week now, doesn't it, lads, that it may be announced? Do you think there'll be anything in that contract that should suggest that Everton won't be able to go in for any Southampton players? No, the reason I said that, because I like the goalkeeper, Fraser Force. I think Everton should be doing all they can to go and get this lad. I, Do think, I, I don't think contractually, I think within the laws of the game, I think, I think it was written earlier this week or last week that you're not actually allowed to physically contract just that, a gentleman's agreement. You could have a gentleman's agreement. Which is um, not an algorithm of football. Like Rogers yeah. had with Swansea when he joined Liverpool. So, but he went back to Armand Jolan. Well, yeah. Um, Martinez went back and raised the Wiggins, didn't he? Whether yeah. or not, Koeman and Everton and Southampton say, look, there's a couple, and these are the artists we will come back for, but we won't come back for Mane or Wanyana. You know what I mean? Whether we'll have a bit of Anzai. They thrash it out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll have a bit yeah. of Anzai. <laughs> yeah, Fraser Force is an interesting one because he's a very good goalkeeper, but. For me, the amount of money that we would have to pay to get him, just sign a new five-year deal as well, mm. throw that into the mix. Yeah. Look, we've got... Sorry, we've got... Koeman will have a lot of money to spend, but it's not a bottomless pit of money. This isn't like the Man City, you will just throw anything at it. He has got a finite yeah. But if Lukaku sold, though, Phil... Yeah, no, that's added on top. But you know, it's funny, I know what Phil's saying. You never hear City have got an X amount war chest. So what I'm saying to you is... It's bottomless. Yeah, 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 it's a, it's yeah. A, you're absolutely right. It's a vital position and one that has is, 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 is sort of needed fixing for a while. 
But what I wouldn't say is, or I would have some reservations, maybe need convincing to go and spend thirty million on Forster, hypothetically. Is is that what is it worth him spending that that percentage of his of his budget on a keeper who is very good, but you could get somebody. But if you want to be the best, well, player, you're gonna to have to pay. Well, it, this is a you're gonna sing record breakers. <laughs> you're gonna if you if you want the, yeah. the best players, you're gonna to have to pay top dollar for them because, as I said at the start, you've got West Ham's of the world. They're gonna be throwing money. These are teams yeah. who are having even to go to try and catch. Let alone the top four last yeah. season. Man United didn't finish in the top four. West Ham, Southampton, all these teams finished above us. So yeah, no, we're gonna to have to even get out on the coattails of these. Yeah, just I just don't know if, like I said, it's it's worth remembering that this isn't a, an infinite. But if any manager is going to know the clauses in these players' contracts, it's going to be Ronald Koeman. Well, that interesting? well, that's interesting if there is a clause in, in Forster's contract. Mm. Yeah. I personally, I'd be, I know there's been one or two uh, national press who've said that there'll be a, a clause. I'm not having it. I can't, like, like Phil says, I don't think legally it's, it would be something that they could insist on uh, contractually. There may be a gentleman's clause agreement, call it what you will. If I were Everton and Koeman, I'd say, look, it's business. We paying you the money to compensate you for losing Cumin. You'll get topped out. Um, yeah. By all means, you you deal with us, and you know if you don't want to sell to us, then you can ramp the price up, and that's that's in Southampton's gift if they've got a player who's well and truly under contract, just like Everton will with John Stones and Romelu Lukaku. Yeah. Mm. Now, just a quick one there. I took a little bit of stick for the change on Twitter <laughs> in the week over John. A tweet I put out over John Stones because. I felt that um, the fact that United went and signed um, Bay from Villarreal suggested to me that put City in the driving seat for Stones. And I got sheltered down a few people saying, no one's in the driving seat, Everton in the driving seat because they've got him under contract. I feel, I understand what those people were saying. I feel it's a bit of a naive way of looking at things. Yeah, you may well have Mashiri and Koeman who will say, we're going to have a real concerted crack at getting all this lad and saying, this is the place to be. But for my money, he's going. And he's, yeah. he's wanted out since last summer. Yeah. He's had an up and down season. I think his mind's made up. Yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I Do you don't... think he, he is personally is or his agents is? That's it's, well, it's one the same, it's isn't John, it? Yeah, it's John's decision. But equally, I'm not sure Everton have. Yeah, they've got they've got new money, new investor, new outlook, new manager coming in. But I'm not sure that the club generally have the energy to go through the whole saga again with John. And I don't think it's healthy that if we go through it again, the, the, the rigmarole, he hands another transfer request, we say no, and it's, it's like, look, he clearly wants to go. We kept him this season. You know, he was up and down in form. He's a great player. We'd love to keep him. But if he wants to go, I think it's best for everybody because we've got the money now to replace him. I think him. the lure of Guardiola and City in the Champions League, I think that's what's going to take him away. Look, I'm not wishing that on or endorsing that that's what I fear as what will become a reality I think Everton I agree with Phil I think they had the energy to fight off at Chelsea last season I think, I think they did but when it comes to Barcelona or Guardiola at City I think it's a, it's a different and you know animal. what you don't like I said I do not want to lose John Stones but it's easier to stomach now sounding cynical about it yeah because we've got money mm. you know it sounds horrible you'd I'd rather keep him and, and keep the money and spend it elsewhere but the fact of the matter is we get 40 million plus i think we'll get a lot more you know well, well, well hypothetically 40 yeah. million then cuban goes 
Well, I really want to replace him with this top-level defender, but it'll cost 15 million. Oh, that's 10 million, don't worry, lad. Yeah. If we'd have had a season like Spurs had, I think we'd have a much better chance of keeping him because there's Spurs, you know, not a bigger club than Everton, but no one's talking about them inevitably losing Eric Dyer. Because they finished in the Champions League. They, they didn't the that's what I'm up. saying. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. You can't expect a club that's finished 11 for two seasons to, to have a, a credible say to the agents, as one like John Stones. Now, it'll be interesting if he has a stink in Euros, which obviously I hope, I hope he doesn't. I hope yeah. he has a great Euros, but if he, play, if he doesn't feature yeah. we're here and he might not start against Russia on That's Saturday. Awesome for you, so we'll see what the Hodge says. We'll kind of move towards the end now, but of course we need to speak properly as well about Ronnie, the man, as we speak, probably on, on a beach. He must be brown by now. <laughs> as brown as a, 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 a strawberry blonde Dutchman can get. Yeah. Second holiday, Things are moving slowly, Phil. Where are we up to? Well, as we, uh, you wrote on um, Wednesday, I think. God, the days are just merging with the Cumin pursuit, aren't they? Um, it's probably going to be next week, maybe Monday, maybe after. Yeah. Uh, when he returns, that's that's the impression we're getting that it's just you know, there's well, as we're told, there's no there's no sort of problems or issues or major issues anyway. It's just a case of dotting the eyes, crossing the teeth. He's not round the table, is he? Yeah. Um, and he's not. He's no. He, he, Difficult doing a, a, a contract of this magnitude and of this importance like, over the phone, isn't it? So maybe that's maybe that is as simple as it, as, as it is, and maybe why we're going to have to wait and be patient. And I understand why people have, have been frustrated and sort of exacerbated, exasperated, sorry, by the fact that it's not been done. But all the signs are saying it's still very much on, and it'll get tied up next week, and he'll be in the country, and he can unveil him and lovely pictures at Sunny Finch Farm, and yeah. You name it, and then he can really get going. You know, I understand. Again, Evertonians are thinking, well, the Euro starts Saturday. We're missing it. You know, we're we're already on the back foot in terms of scouting and stuff, and that is a concern. But look, I would imagine discussions have already taken place. You know, it would be naive naive of us to think otherwise about potential targets. Ronald will know. I think one report in the national one of the national newspapers this week from the Southampton ended said. He'd already had discussions with Southampton and Les Reed about targets. So he, he knows, I mean, obviously he's working in a different yeah. ballpark, but he has a rough idea of what he's looking at, doesn't he? So, uh, But one one player we didn't mention, I meant to try to uh, interject, that he won't, we assume, won't have the services of, he's also been released today, is Felipe Mattioni. The lesser, the lesser spotted <laughs> Felipe Mattioni that, was, uh, that will go down in the annals of Everton history as a... Uh, Pretty poor transfer decision, won't it? Unfortunately for the baller. There's, there's been plenty of them. I think it's just another one of them. Kevin Reeves, Martinez decisions. Roberto got a few good ones right, but he got a few stinkers wrong. Obviously, we don't need to mention Mr. Niaspo. Interesting what happens to him. It, well, it is. It is interesting because there's a player who's on a long contract. Who will go have to take a hit on? Yeah, in, 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 invariably. But you know they're gonna. We again imagine it's a whole the kettle of fish. It's almost certain they're going to lose Lukaku, so they've got to replace as much as they can, like for like. You can't keep Kone in the he'll, likes as well, can you? He'll want a stand-in striker, a number, a second striker. Where does that leave Kone, who's under contract, and the ass? I mean, this is where Martinez has done us up like a kipper with these signings, hasn't he? When you we've just named a few at the start, he said, "Yeah, he got Lukaku right, got a body right." But you're looking at a few there that we're going through, and you're going. Jesus, he's left us in a bit of lumber here when you're looking at it, hasn't he? Zucuman's going to come in and go, what's but this here? This, this goes back to my point, I won't labour it, but it's, for me, it's a squad overhaul. And yeah. I mean that, and you know, Jags, and we talked about it, you know, he said it could be double figures, but it's, it's players like that yeah. 
that if we're serious, which we clearly are, I think now, serious about making a challenge for Europe in the top four, with the greatest respect, those players aren't going to take us there. So it's it's not just a case of buying our replacement for John Stones, replacement for Ron. It's about going right. Well, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. Sorry. Finally, we'll just just touch quickly on Cumin one second again. It is we've got Cumin signing. We've got fitness coach Jan Klutenberg coming in along with him. Well respected within the game. Very well thought of. Yeah, um, someone who you know. If if you're able to read Phil's royal blue column tomorrow, you'll find out a bit more about the scope of the job he's got ahead of him. Um, I'll leave that there. I don't want to ruin yeah. the piece for you. And of course, Aaron Cooman, Cooman's brother, who's going to be well at Southampton. He was an assistant head coach. Yes. What his role or what his title will be rather. And word is that he's a bit of a drill sergeant, a bit of a taskmaster. So, you know, whipping these lads into shape. We've well, got a goalkeeping coach possibly as well. No, no not not, not with staying him. There. Staying Dave, there. Dave Watson. Um, so-called Dave Watson <laughs> will be staying down on the south coast Yeah, he's, which is a shame because he's very well thought of young, young goalkeeping coach who uses a lot of technology and credited with helping Forster develop into the England player he is now uh, he, he won't be coming we haven't managed to surprise him away so that's to be appointed yeah but just, it, just briefly Phil where are we up to on the Monchi deal anything on that we've gone a little bit quiet over the last couple of days I mean the last we heard was that PSG were, were sniffing round and it could be a, a sort of toe-to-toe slugfest for him really um, but Everton aren't deterred by that you know they feel they've got the financial muscle to convince him to come to Everton and I think what what the Blues are kind of hanging on to maybe is the fact that the interest of that he has in English football basically yeah. you know he, he came over six months didn't he and, and he's learned mm. the language and I think he was I think in that great piece in the Guardian with Sid Lowe he basically was saying how he couldn't understand that with all the facilities data you name it, that Premier League clubs have at their disposal. Why Sevilla were basically beating them to the punch on all these great Crazy, players. Yeah. So I think that's going in Evans' favour. The reports that Unai Emery could be potentially replacing Laurent Blanc at Paris Saint-Germain obviously puts a spanner in the works, but, you know, Monchi was at Sevilla before Emery, so it's not yeah. like they're, t- they're tied at the, at the hip, so to speak. So... Yeah, it'd be it'd be a tough one. I think it'd be a significant sign of intent if they can land him. Though. One I wants to mention so as well to close up on reports last night um, that Everton are going to give Goodison a little a little facelift, bit of a summer revamp. Now, from what we're hearing, it's clearly not. Let's say first and foremost, not a sign that they're not looking to move on. I think we we all know that the supporters' hearts are set on central docks, the club. Are in a stronger position than they have been in a long, long, long time to make that that move, that dream, if you like, happen. But in the meantime, and I think Goodison, it, it's a good good idea. Uh, I like the sound of it. What we're hearing, It'd be interesting to see what the plans look like if they get approved. A bit of a revamp, so yeah, yeah, it needs it, doesn't it? I, I suggest them um, Stellar in and Chang out. That's Ooh, what I to good luck with that. One. <laughs> Now, jokes aside, I think it'd be nice. We haven't even we have touched upon it this, this um, the previous season. We should have some kind of monument or something for Howard Kendall. Well, they're talking about the statue of the Holy Trinity, which yeah. I think is a brilliant, long overdue yeah. idea. Yeah. I would still say, sound like banging a drum, well overdue, but still name the main stand the Howard Kendall stand. Yeah, yeah, you can have your Holy Trinity statue, brilliant, long overdue, great nod to our heritage, and, and three magnificent footballers who play for this club. But the most successful manager of all time for yeah. me is still yeah. doesn't have that enshrined appreciation. Call it the Howard Kendall stand. It doesn't matter. It's only for three seasons before we yeah. move. You can call the the main stand if you like, and yeah. the new one 
the Howard Kendall stand as well. Right, thanks for listening. Um, Got there in the end without Big Gav. And um, we'll be back next week, hopefully, a special (laughs) podcast to celebrate the the drawn out, but nonetheless welcome arrival of Ronald Koeman. Thanks for listening and have a good weekend.